Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, Episode 34. In the last episode of the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, we looked at the book Surfinary, a dictionary of surfing terms and surf speak, compiled and edited by Trevor Coconut Crowley in 1991. The 362-page book contains more than 3,000 surfing terms, including Polynesian paralysis. There is no doubt that surfers feel a close connection to the ocean and nature that could lead to the experience of Polynesian paralysis. Today we head back to the South Pacific and explore the islands of Samoa in the book Samoa, Western and American Samoa, written by Deanna Sweeney and published as a travel guide by the Lonely Planet in 1994. After graduating from college, Deanna traveled in Europe and became addicted to travel. She visited more than 80 countries and wrote travel guides for Lonely Planet about many of these countries. She has visited all the continents, and her travels to Oceania, the liquid continent, resulted in two travel books, one on the Samoa Islands, which we review today, and the second book on Tonga. When not traveling around the world, Deanna lives in Alaska, where she enjoys hiking, good restaurants, photographing polar bears, and visiting shopping malls. She also loves frogs. On a side note, during her visits to the Samoa Islands, she had the help of Trevor Crawley, the author of Surfinary, the Dictionary of Surfing Terms and Surf Speak, which we featured in the previous episode of the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast. The travel guide written by Deanna Sweeney is titled Samoa, Western and American Samoa. The Samoan Islands are located in the South Pacific, about halfway between Hawaii and Australia, in the region called Oceania or Polynesia. There are approximately 250,000 residents in the Samoan Islands. Most of these people live on the Samoan Islands of Lipolu, which is part of the independent state of Samoa. The current population of American Samoa is less than 50,000, and most of these people live on the island of Tutulia. Some of the Samoan islands remain uninhabited or have only a few thousand residents. In 1962, Western Samoa became the first Pacific Island nation to regain its political independence from New Zealand. At the time that Miss Sweeney wrote her travel guide in 1994, the country was still called Western Samoa. However, in 1997, the country changed its name to Samoa, or more officially, the Independent State of Samoa. Samoa remains a member of the Commonwealth and has close ties to New Zealand. The islands of Samoa are to the west of the International Dateline. The islands of American Samoa are to the east of the International Dateline. So although the islands of Samoa are only about 100 miles west of American Samoa, they are a day ahead. So when it's Wednesday in American Samoa, it's already Thursday in Samoa. However, this was not always the case. In 1892, Western Samoa decided to celebrate July 4th twice so that they would be on the same day with American Samoa. This was the case when Miss Sweeney wrote her book. However, in 2022, the government of independent Samoa decided to shift back to be on the same day as Australia and New Zealand. This was accomplished by skipping Friday, December 30th. Fortunately, the workers in Samoa were paid for this missed day. Miss Swanee begins her book with a brief history of the Samoan Islands. 
She notes that Western Samoa is by far the largest, both in land area and population, and the traditional Polynesian rituals and tribal hierarchies have remained in place despite more than 200 years of colonization and influence by foreign powers. American Samoa, on the other hand, have adopted a more modern way of life that includes fast food, souped-up cars, high school football, and valley girls. Some of the older folks, and quite a few younger American Samoans, still preserve the remaining vestige of the Samoan Way. Western Samoa has two main islands which are volcanic in origin and slope gently from their summit to sparkling sand beaches. American Samoa includes four incredibly rugged volcanic peaks, plus some small islands and atolls. Both Samoas promote tourism, but tourists usually stick to the resorts and larger cities and rarely venture to the more remote areas. A national park was established in 1988 in American Samoa, the only U.S. national park located in the Southern Hemisphere. The park is located across several islands in American Samoa and protects both the coral reefs, marine life, rainforest, plants and animals, and the Samoan culture. The author states, The people of both Western and American Samoa, like most Polynesians, welcome strangers with some of the most legendary hospitality in the world. In the larger settlements, they are always prepared with a smile and a friendly word. In the villages, strangers are proudly welcomed, fed, and taken in as if they were long-lost family members. The Samoan Islands are just south of the equator, and therefore the climate is hot and humid most of the year. There are microclimates in some areas, with the higher elevations cooler and the lee shore a bit drier. Some areas get over one foot of rain per month, or a half an inch of rain each day on average. The Samoan Islands lie directly in the South Pacific notorious cyclone and typhoon belt, and have experienced quite a few devastating blows over the years. On most of the islands, the upland areas are covered by native trees and rainforest. You will find many different species of seabirds on the various islands. The beaches and reefs surrounding the islands are home to brilliant tropical fish, turtles, whales, shellfish, starfish, and crustaceans. More than any other Polynesian people, the Samoans are tradition-oriented and follow close social hierarchies, customs, and courtesies long established before the arrival of the Europeans. On page 32, in the section Facts for Visitors, the author includes a few paragraphs about health. She writes, In the Samoas, health is traditionally determined by the location of the taola, or life essence, in a healthy individual, its proper place is in the upper abdomen. In the case of displacement, sickness is the inevitable result. Prior to the arrival of Western medicine, illness was treated with directional massage aimed at returning the ta'ala to its proper place. She continues with these warnings about contracting Polynesian paralysis. For the visitor these days, there are few health risks in Samoa that would require great concern apart from the Polynesian paralysis that seems to affect everyone, including the Samoans. Those who spend too much time feasting, relaxing in the shade, and napping on sandy white beaches will begin to notice the classic symptoms of this incapacitating disease, lack of motivation, excessive weight gain, increased appetite, and general lethargy. 
The only cure is evacuation to a stressed-out industrial country combined with massive doses of noise, work, traffic, and television. The author mentions Polynesian paralysis again on page 84 while describing places to stay in Apia on the island of Upolu. The budget hotel run by Betty is fine for a short stay, but you should not plan to stay for more than a few weeks. The author warns visitors who begin to suffer from Polynesian paralysis claim that Betty has evicted them in hopes of curing them of the condition before it becomes too serious. Again on page 109, in the sections about places to stay on the Samoan island of Saval, the author describes the Safu Hotel, which provides visitors the chance to experience a bit of Samoan lifestyle and hospitality. According to the hotel owner, some visitors fall victim to the Safu Hotel bug, which is a local strain of Polynesian paralysis. Some visitors become so relaxed and comfortable at the hotel that they almost become part of the furniture. The author claims that numerous travelers to this hotel will attest that it's difficult to avoid this particular malady. Maybe Polynesian paralysis originated in the Samoan Islands and was carried in the double-hulled canoes to the Hawaiian Islands where tourists in the 1950s started to experience the relaxed lifestyle and the aloha spirit of the Hawaiian people. Polynesian paralysis is not a disease or medical condition, but it does involve being still, relaxing, enjoying nature, and appreciating life. Polynesian paralysis is when you take time to stop and smell the flowers. And if you're in Hawaii, you might stop and smell the Hawaiian gardenia. Or you might find these fragrant flowers used in the traditional Hawaiian lei, a gift that symbolizes love, friendship, peace, and honor. Too often we're rushing around frantically, trying to get things done, worrying about the future or the past, and forgetting to take time to stop, relax, and enjoy what's right in front of us, hidden in plain sight. Yes, life is challenging, and there is much suffering in the world, but when you take some time to stop, relax, and enjoy nature, it makes it easier to appreciate just how amazing life can be. For more information about Polynesian Paralysis, please visit our website at rxaloha.com. In the next issue of the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, we go back to Hawaii and look at an article that appeared in the November 1995 issue of the Hawaiian Medical Journal. Until then, please take some time each day to be still, relax, appreciate nature, and enjoy life. Enjoy Polynesian Paralysis, the sensible approach to mindfulness.